the noise of building stuff may be an issue with your knife. Fine. <clears throat> That's why he's fucking stopping. Thank you. They're putting it away. If you That's know why he's riding solo. Yeah. You're just, God damn you're just pissed off because I have two Athenas. I'm pissed off because everybody told me to stop playing my music. Hey, you know what? I have two Athenas. Well, we need to podcast, so we should. We like. do, but I, I like spending time with you guys. We'll do it afterwards. Oh, okay. Just get it over with. What you're yeah, saying. we're pulling this band aid so Mike can go home and sleep. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me, as always, are... Dan. I'm Ward. Mike. Steve. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to jump right into this. This week in Hobby, I fucking did it. I painted some models. Oh my god, really? To completion. That's... I don't believe them. There's photographic evidence that's already been circulating <laughs> the interwebs. That's, that's awesome, man. That's good. That means you've hobbied. We'll come to the potential disappointments later. I've been to yeah. several hundred windows. Okay, Mike, what do you do? I, I, didn't I don't do even see what I did. No, you get to say what you did. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah so I painted Gracie. I'm guessing they're Malifaux. Which is the big pig. pig. Yeah, it's all Malifaux, the big oh. pig, the armored pig. Uh, I painted Burt Jepsen, who is basically knockoff of Kurt Russell's character from Big Trouble in Little China. Okay, that's actually really fucking hilarious. <laughs> As a gremlin. Oh, that's less funny. <laughs> that, is there an egg shed? Uh, no, there's Yan Lo and Wong. But they're both, like, they're equivalents. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I started working on my Zoraida crew, so I've got three wild guys almost done, and Bad Juju started up, so. Yay. That's, like, a lot of, <laughs> you know, I know you don't necessarily know or care the names, but it's a lot of work for me. That's good. No, it sounds like you painted a ton. That's sweet, man. That's what? Wait, counting my math? Two done. Three, five? Five almost done, and six, the sixth one is, like, started. Nice, it's awesome, dude. And I built about another six and models. three to completion. Yeah. Are we counting building models? Because I, uh, you don't want. Oh, me to that work. only counts for me. No, yeah, that only counts. No, I'm just saying. I'm adding on. I built a bunch too. <laughs> okay, so like I said, we'll, we'll go counterclockwise because we don't want to see what's. Okay, okay. There. So uh, this oh. week for me, I uh, actually painted a ton of terrain, which was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my inf- or my. Mike's Infinity Building done. I hate painting terrain. Yeah, so I painted up the garage for Infinity, and I also bought a set of the billboards. I painted up one of the billboards, uh, and then I thought I was buying an. This is this is my stupid moment of the week. I thought I was buying the apartment building. Nope. But they apparently MicroArt also produces apartment building paving blocks. And it's the paving stones that go around the outside. So you bought a sidewalk. I bought a sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that I love about it, too, is it says L5 apartment. It has a picture of the apartment, and then underneath of it in brackets, it has pavements. And I was like, oh, this is a great deal, and bought it, and got home and was like, there's no walls in this. Because <laughs> it's all covered over by the, the paper on oh, the front, totally right? Yeah, it's just yeah. all, it's all saran wrapped. I Damn didn't read. deal. Damn you know, it's deal. not gaming, but foreshadowing. I feel like that could be part of the new segment. <laughs> that could be. Uh, yeah, that could be. <laughs> that um, is shameful. Oh, yeah, no. And I also painted up uh, Mike's walkways. Yep. They're weird. Just, just started chipping. chipping. Yep. Just got to chip it. Uh, and then I did also paint up some miniatures. I got, uh, what? I think since we last podcast, I finished the gecko entirely. I finished his base. Yep. And I also finished up um, my Reverend Custodier Hacker. 
Nice. I like yeah. your gecko. I really like your gecko. Yeah, where is you. it? Let me see. It. I didn't see <laughs> it. Let's, okay, I'll grab it. Uh, your turn, Mike. Good podcasting. I didn't do that much this month. Uh, <laughs> I think I got about podcasting. five sets of TIE Fighters done for Armada and about four Malifaux models. Oh, that does look good. And about ten hours into Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> really? Sometimes video games happen. There's nothing you have to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got. I couldn't help myself. Sorry. I started I'm, playing I'm Borderlands Two again, just randomly, Ooh. and I don't even know what that was about. But it's fine. I, I lost about ten hours yesterday to Pixel Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Immediately. All right. <laughs> okay, War, we're ready. What did you do in hobby? Uh you guys saw her. Where yeah, she's. Yeah, yeah, she looks pretty good. I she's didn't not see quite anything. done, but she looks pretty good. Mm. Oh, you didn't see? Okay. So I'm. Wor- uh, I started working on Infinity, and I decided on that. We should do a different color scheme, Steve. Yeah, we should probably not. So he's going. Okay, so. so spoiler alert. So he's going with primer black. <laughs> oh! oh! Boy! Uh, no, it's. Okay. So it's an Aguasile uh, hacker. <laughs> It's not. It's not entirely. Proud. I actually like the color scheme quite a bit. Uh, the teal, black and, and teal. Yeah. black and teal is a sweet color combo. It is. It's black. just. It, it's too it's, good. It's too easy. Like, seriously, man. It's why? not done. It's not done. So I'm working on it. It's so. like it looks like what about fifty percent done? <laughs> no, probably. It's about how it's gonna finish looking. Twenty-five. Oh, be nice. Did you get anything else done? Uh, yeah, I started working on all the bases as well. So I started airbrushing yep. those bases, and again. For some reason, we choose really similar colors for a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So we yeah, our base is going to look identical, which is pretty sweet. Pretty identical. Well, it just means that we need to do a board to match both of your bases. Oh my god, remember hexagons? We need to paint bleach bone. Sweet Ooh. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'll show you my trick. It works really damn quick. Okay, cool. Um, and then, oh, there we go. That works. <laughs> uh, and then... Um, Almost like Ward needs to speak the fuck up. Brian Sin is doing that uh, 100 points of painting, and he said that if I paint 100 points... Uh, he won't use his favorite caster for a year. Keen to, yeah. Yeah, so I dug out all of my jacks that need painting, and I have 145 points worth of jacks. How many models is that? That's probably 15. That's too many. Are they built? Oh, yeah, everything. I, I made sure everything built is built. Built black Everything's tall. built. I primed everything just the other day, and I have five days off right away. So my plan is to get all the reds done this set off, and then I start on the blues, and then he... Hopefully we'll cry uh, by Christmas. What you need to do is just, because there's no standards to this, just base coat everything? Three color? Three mm, color minimum! I have personal standards. I don't know if I could actually do that, so... No, you just base coat everything. And then you have three color minimum. Uh, No. Bam. Just to fuck him. Well... Well, It's because we love Brian Yeah. He, we wouldn't talk about screwing with him if we didn't like I'm him. I'm pretty sure he Guys, will I don't not. want you to love me ever, okay? <laughs> I'm pretty Michael, sure. Michael, no, no, no. We do love you. No. Yeah, that's the problem here. <laughs> I'm problem. pretty sure he We love your mad driver. He won't skills. escape at all, so. Uh, um, but yeah, I think that's about cool. everything that I've been working awesome. on. Awesome. Dan. I painted several hundred windows. Continuing on last like, week's I feel theme. like there's several hundred more, but. Continuing oh, on last week's theme. Are they all highlighted, or do you like just no. decide black? Well, they're, they Prime all got blacked out, including the ones, almost all the ones that are around the corner. There's a few that I literally can't reach with a paintbrush. What, are, what is this? What is this? But, <laughs> yeah, I painted several hundred windows, and there's, like, probably at least a hundred more. Uh, Daniel! Dan, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, you for one tiny little building, for those oh, who have oh. forgotten... He was in a terrible accident. We just don't realize. Yeah, it severe brain injury <laughs> last week. No, we're not supposed to talk about that, oh. guys. We promised his parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's our little secret. 
You're gonna need to get one of those brushes where you leave it in the water for too long and it, it develops curls. the L and you can paint around corners. I've actually thought about ruining one of my DW <laughs> old brushes on purpose Just so I can paint, paint around those corners. Your battle tech I literally cannot get around like far enough around the corner to clean the windows <laughs> without destroying all the dry brushes. So you're talking about sacrificing a DW brush to paint one small battle tech building to perfect completion. Yep. I approve this <laughs> message. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Seems like a reasonable use of my time. Okay. So well, I'm guessing you didn't like do anything else. Not really. I'm going to say, you know what? This week, for us, considering our terrible run for a portion of the summer, success for hobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone gets gold stars, even Mike? Dan, for his crooked paintbrushes. <laughs> Mike is upset. But in all honesty, I think this is the first time in a long time where we've all... Hobby actually painted and shown com- progress and the amount of hours required for that fucking building is actually staggering in addition to like taking you do realize it's one building it has like 350 windows that, that take about 30 <laughs> plus seconds each that's literally assuming no breaks and no going cross-eyed that's probably three hours straight of non-stop full speed painting and you cannot do that for that long without your hand turning into a claw and going cross-eyed. Oh, like, me, it is not possible. Me and Dan also played a bunch of X-Men. We can talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. It's not this week in hobby. Well, it's, that's, that's games. That's this week in games. Kind of, well, which we like, don't do as a thing. But we have... <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure at some point in your game there was a gutsy or goatsy moment. No, I was just awesome. You actually okay, well, won then, a game of X-Wing? You won two games. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, let's skip. Let's let's just derail the... the yeah, the, this the, is the big deal. Even I beat Ward at X-Wing. <laughs> yeah, so we normally have an actual... Surprisingly enough, everybody that listens to this, we do have a plan usually before we have an episode. Let's skip the plan, go right to this. <laughs> this is a big deal. <laughs> this is a really big... Or we can save it until the actual segment we have talking about X-Wing. But fuck that. Let's talk about it right now. <laughs> Ward. That's how exciting. You won two games in a row? Two games in a row, same list. I uh, never played uh, two of these ships before. I used the new First Order tie and the oh, from the Punisher. new set and the Tie Punisher, yeah. And then okay. from Wave Seven, and then a bunch of just academies. And I played against um, who's my first game, Bill. Bill, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I managed to decimate Poe, uh, the new X-wing pilot, with a. Uh, mine, and then I played against Paul LaRue and uh, managed to eventually chase down Vader and uh, kill him as well. Holy moly. Nicely so, done, man. Yeah. You, did you lose a ship against Paul LaRue? I actually did not lose a ship yeah. at all. Okay, okay, okay. So not I only feel did you win, you devastated Now, him. I have a picture of it and everything. Wow. This seems like a great moment because Paul LaRue, was this in public? Yeah. Yes. So you beat Paul LaRue without losing a ship. Yeah. So I feel that this is something that he wishes no one would have seen. <laughs> he was happy that it was just in casual play and not in an event. So. But, like, there was witnesses to this event, right? <laughs> he was probably pretty upset about having people witness this <laughs> defeat. Maybe. And almost so. that it's something that everyone saw that you wish no one saw. Well, everybody was using, like, different lists that they normally don't. Or like, you're, you're, like, you're, like, you're, like, really missing the point here. Point. If, if you saw a moose knuckle, would you wish you didn't see it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which brings us to our next point. So we this have, is our new segment. We have a new segment. Yeah, it's it's uh, the, the moose, moose knuckle, knuckle minute. minute. It's something that happened that you wish didn't. <laughs> <laughs> or that you wish no one saw happening. <laughs> yeah, more of the public shaming. And to give people some background, we have a new uh, corporate sponsor. We've officially sold out. Yes. Uh, for, for beer, which Classy. is pretty shocking to our listeners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, so thanks to Moose Knuckle, they're, they're gonna, you might hear a few more uh, bottles being opened, more than usual. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, we should do that probably right now. There you go. So thank you, Moose Knuckle. Yeah. <laughs> well, As you just about knock one over. Knock one over. <laughs> just one going, there we go. You don't want a messy Moose Knuckle. No, you don't. That's the worst. That's a bad slop. <laughs> That's a bad one. All right, so... We should get back on track. Yes, that absolutely. was a horrible, horrible. Yeah. Derailment. So let's move on to shut up and take my money. Okay. Uh, so Steve, what do you got? I actually have one that I I didn't just whip up right after, right before the episode. I really want the custom uh, Meeple Neon City stuff. If anybody particularly wants the Yuching uh, Neon City. If anybody want is into the MDF terrain and especially the Infinity stuff, you've got to take a look at custom Meeple. They have some really cool stuff with their Neon City line. So they do a lot of like the. Uh, the the buildings look very infinity. They're not anything I would say super special. No, no, but they have a definite. They have a definite dark feel. feel to them. They look they're Blade Runner, and they've got a bunch of laser etched uh, clear acrylic in like the the Chinese symbols. So it looks yeah. like it looks like super Blade Runner uh, aesthetic. Uh, I'm super excited about it. That's okay. me. Cool. And their church, their Pano Church. Have that's you seen me. that? Yeah, it does look with the too. stained glass. Yep. Oh man. Anyways, that's me. From shut up and take my money, I bought a the Infinity painting guide, and I saw what somebody did with an airbrush. So my shut up and take my money is I want to get a really good, expensive airbrush now. Are you going to go for the nine hundred dollar no, airbrush? No, no, we're not going to go for the nine hundred. We're probably going to hover around three fifty. That's so ridiculous. So, okay, so what are you looking at for the brush then? Like, what's going to separate it from your Neo? Uh it's a point two. The for one thing. So the, the Neo's a point three five. Yeah, so you're going you're going, it's going for, a for very... finer line. It's it's more okay. control is what I'm going. Are for. you sticking with the water? Yes, yes, actually, I am. That's that's how we know there's nine hundred and fifty dollar water airbrushes. <laughs> yeah, they, like, oh, this says. one works really good. Like, it's, oh, they oh, won the full spectrum. That's nine hundred fifty. <laughs> What's the other one again? Three hundred and fifty. That's probably three fifty one for now. Is that the, would that be close to the same brush that you have, Dan? Um, I also, in addition to my Iwata Neil, I have. Um, an Iwata Eclipse HPCS, which is, I think they have a non-Eclipse version that's slightly more high-end. Mine was about a $200 brush at the time. Yeah. And I think the non-Eclipse version HPCS is even more. And then they have their, like, professional-grade series, which I, are, like, I was looking at the high-performance, which yeah, is Yeah, the high-performance ones are supposed to be awesome, but, yeah. like, you pay. It's three so you're <laughs> looking for, like, kind of, like, the entry level into your high-performance. Yes. So Which once you still, get it, you gotta you let say us know entry how level? it works. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you say so entry level at the $350 airbrush, I don't think you're entry level. It's, no, entry to high performance, <laughs> it's right? Like, high performance, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like your professional, like, not like hobby grade, but your actual day-to-day professional grade where yeah. you're gonna log way more hours and have way more precision use out of it. And Apparently anything the, beyond that is like full-on artist level. The machining yeah. in those, those airbrushes, they have, like, the Neo has one airport at the bottom. Apparently, like, the other ones will have multiple airports and yeah, all yeah. sorts of more complex, nicer actuators and that kind of thing. Yeah, so. a, a good comparison And they're also, they're also not made in Taiwan or whatever, where I think they're the Neo is the only Iwata that is not made in Japan. Yeah, they're all made in Japan, yeah. That's pretty sweet. So. Yeah, but, like, the good comparison here is that my base is a $2,600 base. But it's the cheapest base, or one of the cheapest bases that the company makes. So it's not an entry level instrument, but yeah, it's yeah. you know. <laughs> you bought the Neo of bases. No, the Neo <laughs> the Combustion series. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I bought the I Eclipse see. of bases. I see what you're saying. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And just so anybody's <laughs> clear, a Neo for most purposes will get you through almost oh, yeah, everything yeah. you want to paint. Yeah. It's when you really want to step into like, I'm gonna airbrush a single figure. Yeah, like a, this. This, this he works on like 25 mil. 
Yeah, yeah. twenty five mil infantry. Yes, airbrushing armor plates. That's yes. hard to do with a cheap brush. Yeah, yeah. that's that's when you're probably going to step up. That's why I'm stepping. So up the question I, I have for you then: Are you planning on upping your compressor as well? I want to, but that's going to have to wait because the compressor I'm looking at, I think, is at because the, br- the brush will be too much to start off with. Yeah. Right. Good compressors no, no. are more than the brushes. Yeah, yeah. Well, always, yeah. But I'm just they have wondering. Way more moving parts. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, well, I am plumbing. looking at both, but I want to get the brush first. Yeah. Because I do have a compressor. It's not a horrible compressor, but eventually I want to move. And on even to if you do have a compressor that's again, let's call it an entry level one, you can just throw a dryer on it. Usually, it's fine. Yeah, you can that's throw a moisture thing. trap in a regulator. Oh, it's got a moisture trap. Then you're it's fine. Whole, it's got the whole nine years. The only thing I don't have is the reserve tank. Oh yeah, and who cares about that, frankly? Oh, I've got, I don't have one it actually, if you're doing extended Some sessions, stuff, it, it actually really keeps it keeps the air from being hotter and drier than it needs to be. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So it it's actually, actually a big and deal. it's always steady too. It's there's no fair pulsing. No and it I've never had prevents it. overheating issues and stuff like that. Like yeah. it is, if you're doing really long extended sessions, more than just a couple hours, you do want an air tank. Oh, a sure. couple hours. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I I have the auto shut off. I've never had an issue with it because I don't airbrush yeah. enough. I think. I don't, I don't. You can get away with just it. Just saying. Get the airbrush, airbrush first. I want to see. I want to see you airbrush some twenty-five mil armor panels. I, I want to see you airbrush some ten mil armor panels. Ooh, Bite. yeah, <laughs> that is your challenge. Go, Rob, what you buying? Uh, I already spent my money. Um, I went to Warsaw and I ordered a bunch of tokens and templates for Infinity and Drop Zone. Yes, so. thank you. Nice. I ordered. I spent money too. Well, no, I'm just, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> now you're out. They took my money. So now you have no more. So now you shut now up. I'm yeah. w- now I'm waiting. I've been I've been tracking my order. It was in Vancouver two days ago. So hopefully I should get it right away. It'll oh, be like, how long ago did you order? Uh, not very long actually. So last okay. Wednesday. I need some infinity so templates. It'll be, that's uh, what I said too. Why did he talk to us? But it'll really be know. it'll be a week tomorrow. So yeah, just over a week. Cool. So not too bad. Nice to Dan. Yeah. Dan. I'm trying to remember because I had several throughout the week, but. I'm struggling to recall them. Yeah, um, how about this one? Did you see the stuff that was posted of this amazing scenery for Batman? The the cardboard um, battle series train. Battle that systems urban. Battle assault. systems urban. Yeah, there's a Kickstarter. I did see that. It looks really cool. Not necessarily for the games that I play. It, it does remind me of that second edition 40k cardboard. Oh yeah, awesome scenery stuff, but like more modern and better detailed and that sort yeah, of. Yeah, it'll okay. work for AVP. But I bought Resin Train for AVP as part of the Kickstarter. But you're never going to get it. True. That is. <laughs> but I'm never going to get the models to it anyway. So. Nothing. People in Europe seem to have their copies. People who went to conventions seem to have their copies. But it's a legend. Last I heard, it was still on a boat getting to the distributor in North America. Oh, Jesus. So the never-ending story continues. I don't know. But <laughs> AVP. Woo. Can't wait to try it someday. Well, some people have it and it looks great. Yeah, people who have it seem really impressed, and every time I see painted miniatures on one of the Facebook groups, I get a little angry. Yeah, that's fair. Anytime somebody is like, oh, here's my models, what do you think? And I'm like, fuck, I think that they should hurry up and ship my fucking product. (laughs) And I post that every time. (laughs) You know, I'm going to go ahead and say, Games Workshop does one thing properly, and that is release shit to Canada at the same time as everywhere else. Yeah. But there's almost every other game manufacturer, we get stuff like a week later. Or in some cases, Months. if you don't pick them up at a convention, you just may never get them. Yeah. But so maybe that's why I should start going to like Gen Con and stuff, is so I can pick up my Kickstarter. <laughs> <items>. <laughs> 
That that increases your Kickstarter investment price quite a bit. Yeah, a little, little bit of a significant increase. Then if you get was there actually one anything? Kickstarter though? This is the plan. You have to get six or seven. And then you can just you can divide. Just don't be coming back from a from a state that's legalized marijuana because they give you a hard time at the border coming back. Okay, good to know. Uh, <laughs> no, after lock and load, I was seriously harassed coming back into Canada. Like, did you buy anything? I'm like, yeah, a couple toy soldiers, and they like ripped apart the car looking for receipts and everything. And oh, I guess the answer, toy soldiers. They're probably like, mm, this guy is for sure high. He's a growing man <laughs> talking about toy soldiers. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, was there anything that you need to shut up and take my money? I don't. Or I'm were you just complaining about AVP? <laughs> I'm trying to and want him. Because that was Tom's idea that got it through. There were things I okay. don't remember. We'll what come they back were. to you at the end of the podcast. We'll probably forget. I'm yeah, I'll forget for a while. That's okay. I'll <laughs> Tom. Well, mine is just that. It's this uh, Battle Systems Urban Assault scenery. It looks really cool. Um, highly detailed for kind of a modern skirmish game. Because we talked briefly mm. about that Batman miniature game months ago and how we had no scenery for it. I whatsoever. mocked you a little bit because I think Batman's dumb. You're dumb. Batman's a little dumb. He is. No, but you got excited about what was it? The penguin and having oh the penguin is the pretty peng- sweet. The penguin I, thought, I thought I was really excited about the penguin. No, I got excited because I like I like the original Batman series with uh, oh I cannot think of his name Adam West uh, Adam West but the guy that played the penguin back then oh yeah uh, I'm blanking on his it's like uh, it's I, I, I want to say something with Romeo or something like that yeah no, that man, was, that if they the had an egghead crew I would be so into this <sighs> game. Or like King Tut, like if they went full King bones. Tut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the worst bad guy. Anyways, yeah, yeah, neither here nor there. But anyways, it looks really cool. It looks like it's actually pretty easy to assemble because um, it's all printed, uh, and it's not just it's pre-punched hard. cardboard as well. So. Oh. Yeah, it looks pretty thick. It's r- the color on it's amazing. That's the one thing I will say yeah, about it's the MDF cardstock or something. Yeah, like, it's actually oh, it's the actually only downside is that I would be shedding up and they would be taking a lot of my money because it is not cheap. I like the idea of the cardboard stuff with some of those reinforcements, like the second ed kind of thing. And I'm yeah. guessing that's what you're talking about. Yeah, like they have it. some plastic stuff in there. I don't oh, yeah. know if there's any plastic. Oh, is it actually all cardboard? I think Just so. thick cardboard. Because what I was going to say is some of the uh, MDF stuff is impossible to punch out. Like when you're trying to punch it out, it is. The stuff that I was doing, you were worried about breaking. But like, look at the furniture they have <laughs> as part of the kit. Yeah, they have a lot of scatter That's terrain cardboard? as well. Like, yeah. Oh, scatter terrain. Yeah, like venting table, machine is tables insane. and chairs and all kinds of stuff. Like cabinets. Anyways. They've got a lot of lot of fine level detail there. That's too. pretty cool. In addition um, to buildings, and they're doing. I think they're doing potentially gaming mats and stuff like that. That too. could be very good for Infinity doing old Terra. Yeah. Where everybody's left Terra. It's pretty much abandoned. Yeah, the, the problem, problem is vending machine stupid like expensive. You're probably oh, really? looking at about for a four by four table, like five hundred bucks. Oh, I think that's more than a lot of. I the think one stuff. of the main things with them is the shipping costs, where they're just shipping high density cardboard in large quantities. So that shit is heavy. Like mm. the international shipping of packages that weigh like five or six kilos is nuts. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So if you are like, are they out of what the UK? I think so. <laughs> they're working. I didn't. I honestly didn't look that far because I'm like, I sample, can't afford this. They're friends with um, with Kev from Hassle Free Miniatures, who's based out of Wales. Okay, so th- I'm pretty sure they're from the UK. And um, so all the sample miniatures and the shots are Hassle Free Miniatures and stuff like so that. So it could be pricey. But um, for shipping, yeah, the yeah. shipping the shipping internationally will be fairly substantial, unfortunately. And there's there's just no way around it. They were saying that the previous Kickstarter of theirs, their actual shipping cost for some pledges was like a hundred dollars plus. So hmm. if they don't charge appropriately for it, they get screwed. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. 
Spider-Man. But it looks great, yeah. and it's something that I've seen. This isn't the first example of it where companies are doing this pre-printed either card or um, foam core stock to actually do buildings where you just punch them out and put them together and you're good to go. So Plastruct, um, or Plastercraft, whatever Plastcraft. Um, has started doing that for some of their Malifaux scenery where it's already printed out the color and texture on the sides. Yeah. And you just snap it together and you're good to go. That's pretty cool. I like that. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, scenery for most people. I know, like, Mike, you hate scenery. I like it, but I hate painting. Yeah. I, I get in weird moods where I really want to do up a table, and I start painting scenery, and then I realize it's hard, and then I stop. Yeah. <laughs> so I think so. it's because everyone wants the finished product, yeah. but it is mind-numbingly boring sometimes just doing, like, tank brushing all day. Yeah, like just dry brushing. It's it's not always the most entertaining. Thing. Well, that's the reason I always. We're literally to... sitting there waiting for glue to dry. I've I've honestly, <laughs> yeah, when you're when you've actually glue sealed the whole table and you're just like, well, this will be a few days. That's great. Um, no, but my my forty k scenery is something I wanted to redo for ages, and now with all the infinity stuff that I need to do, I have an excuse to do new stuff instead that I need. Shit. Yeah, instead of fixing that's old important. shit. The new stuff is important. It is, of course, it is. Well, the the, the scale's different. It won't work. I need new stuff. That's what I tell Alex. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, Dan, do you have anything, or should we just move on? I can't remember enough, so... We'll I'll, skip you. I might remember okay. it by the end of the episode. If not, just pretend I said something impressive. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on to an introduction. We're going to be talking about Malifaux for a little bit here. Um, and a really interesting thing about Malifaux mm-hmm. is the notion of dual faction masters. So, you'll there are masters in the game that will work for multiple factions. And we're going to talk about Ten Thunders, which is an entire faction made up of nothing but dual faction masters. So every master you'll take in Ten Thunders will work for an, for at least one other faction in the game. Which gives you this really weird mix of models. Because uh, one of the things that uh, dual faction masters will do in the game is they'll have an upgrade which will allow you to take models that you normally wouldn't be allowed to take in that faction. So for example, with Brewmaster, who's a Ten Thunder slash Gremlin Master, he has an upgrade to take Trichi models regardless of faction. And the Trichi models are like the whiskey, or the, uh, like, all of his gremlin henchmen and minions. So you can take gremlins in Ten Thunders. Um, there's other models like, uh, Yan Lo takes a lot of, uh, Rezzers or Undead in Ten Thunders. And so Ten Thunders is a really interesting faction that you don't really see, honestly, in any other game that I've played, for that kind of diversity of play. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so, Mike, I know you play Ten Thunders. A little bit. Or you have played Ten Thunders. Yeah, a little bit. You own bit. them. You own some models. Misaki. Misaki, yes. Okay, so where, when you were looking at Ten Thunders, what originally drew you to playing the faction? Uh, it was um, it was the ninja. It was the, they looked like ninjas for a good part of it, the, uh, the, the ones that come in the box. Yeah. And uh, I liked the... F- they had flowing robes, and it was a, v- a very... Asian feel to the whole thing. Yeah, the yeah. models are sweet. Yeah, so that's what drew it to me. But on the downside, I will mention they're so finicky to play with these models from the that specific yeah. faction. Beautiful, but oh my god, fragile and hard to transport. Yeah, I I played your Ten Thunders once. Yeah, and I was legitimately concerned to touch them sometimes, especially some of the <laughs> archers because they you like you pick them up and you're worried they're just going to break. Um, but I, the same thing, that was the one faction that I was interested in playing as well, is because of the sculpts. I'm not a huge orc and gremlin and that kind of thing like you, Tom. I don't like that sort of stuff. So that faction doesn't appeal to me. I'm sorry, we, we can still be friends. Yeah, uh, dude, trust me. No, I, 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 am very, <laughs> I am very aware of how obsessed I am with green skins when it comes to miniature gaming. Like, it, <laughs> this is a well-documented okay. fact. But yeah, My no, license plate is WOG. 
That's true. That's a very good point now that I think about it. Um, no, but the models, they're, I think they're the best in the, the entire game. The models are incredible for their plastics especially. They're very dynamic. Composed. Yeah. They're, they have a different feel for them. But yeah, uh, what is it? Masaki is um, the yellow. Uh <laughs> oh God, I can't remember. No, no, no! Don't go there, yes. you bastard! Each faction has its own color. There's red. There's blue. There's orange. Ten thunders is orange. Yellow orange is and yellow is outcast. That's what it is. Outcast. She's the dual faction. That's very good on their part that they didn't do that. Uh, yeah, right? Ooh. Because okay, so a bit of backstory. Anyways. Ten thunders, for the most part, are the. It's kind of a hybrid of the the Japanese and the Chinese. Um, Organized crime syndicates finding their way into the world of Malifaux. Oh, cool! And they're actually so the way I didn't know that. I thought they yeah. Were, so we we briefly talked about Malifaux. They were just ninjas. Is this uh, like Malifaux being this other world? Yeah. that There's a breach through to from kind of Victorian era Earth, right? Yeah. And so what's happened is that a lot of the Ten Thunders um, have infiltrated through kind of. It, for lack of a better way to describe it, being railroad workers, they've kind of come across to be the basic laborers. Really? And the crime syndicate is, syndicate is snuck in through that way. Oh, okay. So gotcha. the fluff behind the Ten Thunders is very much that they have infiltrated um, a lot of the major infrastructure in Malifaux. Uh, and they're not a major player as overtly as either the Guild or the Arcanists or, um, or the Neverborn. But their their fingers are everywhere, and that's why they are all of the masters are dual. Faction. They're dual faction. So, oh, I see. That makes sense. So you've okay, got I Jacob got Lynch's Ten yeah. Thunders. He's he owns one of the biggest bars and casinos. Ten in Thunders. I thought he was never born. He's never born and Ten Thunders. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Okay. So you can okay. I see what you're saying. So the the masters are not necessary. I thought what you were saying when you said the two faction side of things is you have a Ten Thunders. Individual and their background is Ten Thunder, and they can take a second faction. No, no, the they work for a lot the, of other, It's the absolute opposite. Oh. They'll work. The, each one will work for Ten Thunders and one of their factions. So, for example, um, Mei Feng is Arcanists in Ten Thunders. Yeah. Yan Lo is Resurrectionists in Ten Thunders. Brewmaster is Gremlins in Ten Thunders. Jacob Lynch is Neverborn, Neverborn in Ten Thunders. Um, Masaki, I. Th- Think Outcast. is outcasts in Ten Thunders. Masaki is okay. I'm trying to think of if they have a guild one or not. Yes, they do. Mac- yeah, uh, McCabe. Yeah, McCabe. McCabe. Huh? I had no idea. That's really cool. So, Mr. Miyagi is not just Masaki. Uh, <laughs> well, will always be Mr. Miyagi to me because that's just way. Masaki's also a girl. I don't care. Mr. Miyagi <laughs> is the best. Anybody wants to talk about Mr. Miyagi? You're, it's better. Yeah. Um, so is she? Sorry, which one was she as well? Uh, Misaki uh, is the one who's doing like the back kick yeah, flip. She's the one that's got the best pose in the entire game. Oh, it's awesome. By far. Which one was she for as well? Uh, okay. She Outcast. works for Outcast. Outcast. I need to look and see if I like those models too. So you can combine them completely in the same. It's like 40k allies. Yeah. Ooh, I need to look at that faction. If I like that, that might actually draw me a little <laughs> and more. And so the neat thing about it too is you can, as a 10 Thunders player, not only are you able to um, play 10 Thunders, but it's really easy to kind of dip. In other factions. Yeah, it's just like allies. Which yeah. is one of the greatest decisions that GW has made is now, allowed people I, to... Yeah, you start with an allied detachment before you know it. You, you have, have another army. Hey, bam. Exactly. Now, I will caution you that um, it almost works more actively the other way, where if you're playing another faction and then you pick up a Ten Thunders Master that works with your faction, you're more, more likely to get into Ten Thunders than the other way around. 
because so? you don't have access to all of the models from the other faction. All oh, the time. really? Yeah, it depends on the different master will determine which models you can use. Mm. So, like, for example, with the Brewmaster, because I play Gremlins, is what I know the best, is that if he's played in Ten Thunders, you can buy the upgrade to take the Tri-Chi models, who are your Moon Shinobi, your Fingers, um, Apprentice Wesley, those things Sounds in like Ten Thunders. there's a lot of fingering going on here. <laughs> I'm detecting a theme. Hey, you know what, everybody, wait, I'm not going to continue that story. Let's just say he's chatty. It's actually a rule. Um, okay. Yeah, so you've got that. Um, one of the things that I would say, though, is that the Ten Thunders are really interesting in that conventionally you think of them as a very up-close ninja army, but they've got some really good ranged elements to, as well. Uh, the, the archers are really good. They've got these amazing sniper models um, that you can really bring a strong ranged element to your game. So they bring any black powder weapons, or are they all... Archers? The snipers are black powder. Okay, gotcha. So uh, And beautiful models, I might add. Okay. And you've got these... Uh, and the neat thing, too, is that because you're tying all the elements of the other factions into the Ten Thunders, you have a very unique um, crew where you have lots of undead samurai paired with, like, living ninjas, paired with the Chinese rail workers, and, like, a lot of different stuff kind of tying into the Ten Thunders, which makes cool. it really interesting. And it gives you a lot of options modeling-wise. Probably the most diverse... Because each master is a little bit different. Gotcha. So it's kind of like one of the things I love about playing Mercenaries in War Machine, and that Dan used to always love about playing Dogs of War. Dogs of War back when they were a thing, before the rats ate them. Yeah. Is you, <laughs> you're like not you always painting the same thing twice. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like I was saying the whole the, earlier, that's exactly why the, the GW model of allies is brilliant, and it sounds like it's the exact same thing uh, in a lot of ways. Very where, similar, yeah. I guess not every faction can do it. But the idea is, yeah, you, you don't have to always just paint Skaven. You can go and add in some wood elves, yeah. whatever else you want. Well, for example, right now, I'm working on my Gremlins, because that's all I do. Mm-hmm. and But I'm painting Zoraida, who's a Neverborn slash Gremlins master. So you can break it up. So I'm breaking it up, and I've got my Brewmaster, who's Ten Thunders slash yeah. Gremlins. So yeah. I've, there's definitely ways to kind of mix it up. And, and the Ten Thunders do it more than anyone else, which is kind of a nice thing about the faction. Yeah, that's appealing. Actually, that's hugely appealing because I know that was the only faction I was remotely interested in, and it just was one of those games that kind of fell by the wayside. Not saying I'm going to get into it right away because I still got my Infinity to deal with. And you still have to finish painting your fucking Shaltari. Yeah, I know, but that's Infinity is actually way more fun to paint. I'm going to just say it. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, it looks more like 40k. The models for Infinity are actually stunning. The more, more and more, a lot of the, the new stuff coming out. Yeah, it's just digression, but. But Man. it doesn't change the fact that it still looks a lot more like 40k yeah, than like anything sci-fi. else you could paint. I like sci-fi. What do you yeah, want? It, exactly. It's fine. Um, what do you want from me? Come on. So, does anyone have any questions about Ten Thunders? <laughs> we were not just told to prepare questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is when your prof asks you a question and everybody just sits there hoping that it just, like, everybody forgets about it. If you don't, that's fine. We can kind of just leave it there. For, for me, What's their competitive just... level of play? Honestly, quite high. Okay. But, you know, okay, here's the thing. When it comes to Malifaux, because the scenarios are so fucking good, everything's competitive. There isn't a fact that people look at and go like, ooh, they suck. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine the other day, and he was saying that Guild are the worst faction out there, and then Nova was that weekend, and the guy that won the big Nova tournament, which is was the first North American championship for Malifaux, was Guild. Hmm. Interesting. So. Did you slap him? No. I would have slapped him. 
He's old. <laughs> I might break him. <laughs> oh, Ken? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Nova had... That's kind of funny that that was a sort of an upset because the winning faction for Nova for 40K was Dark Angels. Who saw that coming? Well, it's not even that it's an upset. It was just more that, like, this one buddy of mine, Kent, we've now established who his name is, Yeah. Uh, thought the guild was particularly weak. Yeah, that was kind of the... Well, pre, I guess that's not true. With 40K... Dark Angels are always terrible and weak, and now they finally have a codex that actually matches Marines, and they happen to win, so it wasn't really that surprising. Yeah. Hmm. So, fair enough. Malifaux may be more balanced game. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Surprise, surprise. A game with, like, maybe a total of 300 models is more balanced than Games Workshop's games, which have of thousands. 3,000 or yeah. whatever it might be, yeah. What would you say is your favorite Ten Thunders model? Ooh. Um, game-wise or model-wise? Model-wise. Just the look. Just the look? Miyagi. Masaki. Masaki. Miyagi. <laughs> Always Miyagi. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. I'd say I love the aesthetic of the rail golem. Okay. I don't know what that is. But it's, yeah. But <laughs> I assume it's a model made out of handrails. <laughs> no, it's basically... It's it's used to build railroads. Um, the mo- the sculpt... Borderline offensive, but okay. Continue on. Uh, of course it is. This is a game that has zombie hookers. Like, there's... Nothing is offside yeah, in this game. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, well, but it's not necessarily my favorite sculpt for the Ten Thunders. I would have to say... Uh, probably Masaki, to be honest. Yeah! That actually is probably... They, I, I, dynamics just that's the one model I want to paint. Like, actually really would like to pick up just to paint. Mike? Yep. Do you have one? Uh, no, fuck no, that! Actually, Brewmaster! Brewmaster, there you go. Oh. They're pretty cool. I actually, like, uh, had it and it disappeared. Damn of course it. it was Brewmaster. I was not even thinking. I was like, oh, non-Gremlin. The undead uh, Japanese warriors are really, like... Oh, yeah. They're really... From really Lopan? <laughs> Lopan. Yeah. Lopan. Actually, those are my favorite. I'm just looking at them right now. The uh, the three undead skeletons. Yes. It's Yanlo, yeah. to be fair. It is Yanlo, I know, but... It's Lopan. Low pan. It's Lopan. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, big Trouble in Little China. Oh, seriously, I can't wait to get <laughs> my Wong crew so I can complete the gremlin side of the Big Trouble in Little China. Okay, just <laughs> if anybody's a... listening out there and hasn't watched Big Trouble in Little China, go watch that immediately. It is so funny. Well, my favorite part is that Burt Jebson is the gremlin that looks like uh, Kurt Russell, yeah. and his sidekick is Gracie the pig. And the girl from the movie's name was Gracie. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> he has a mullet, too. Oh, yeah, like he's got a full Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. have you not seen the model? No, I have not. It's, he's got a mullet. Oh, it's he's got, full. He's, he's full Kurt Russell. Oh, I even painted the t-shirt, or the like the wife beater, like the movie. Oh, Jesus. That's <laughs> that's amazing, actually. Yeah. Like, that's one of those things where you're just, uh, it, it's upsetting, but awesome. <laughs> that movie, like I said, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's so bad. Provided it's you so like good. Provided it's you like so bad. bad movies from the what would that be late eighties or was that early nineties? Yeah. Not sure. Pretty sure it was the eighties. Okay, so it this one gives you a shot of the T-shirt, and if you scroll over, it gives you a shot of the mullet. Oh, that's way more gremlin than I thought. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's that's too gremlin. I really was hoping it was it was more. And that's Gracie, I'm assuming the pig. Yeah, yeah. the pig's actually pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> With the teapot hat. The te- yeah, that's that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, 1986, Big Trouble in Little China. It's, yeah. it's as old as I am. <laughs> you know what? That is, you know why I like it so much? Euro's born. Uh, right? Up yeah. top. Yeah. Oh, Fuck you, 85ers. 
singular, because the rest of you guys are older than Dan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was pretty much just directed to me. <laughs> okay, so I guess that can wrap up our Ten Thunders. So, uh, we, just a little bit more about Malifaux um, before we move on to some X-Wing stuff. There is something that I haven't seen since... Oh, fuck, when was the last worldwide Games Workshop campaign? Oh. Would have been, I th- like think, 2007? I have Terror was the late last 2000s, one, right? I want to say. Because that was the old way codex? Maybe 2008. No, it would have been before uh, 2008. Nobody's listened to. The last one was Medusa, <laughs> but it was shitty, and no one did Medusa. it. Medusa? Exactly. What the fuck? You remember this war, don't you? A little bit, yeah. It's. I thought it was the Eye of Terror. No, the Eye of Terror. There's like three since then. There was like multiple No, there wasn't three. Oh, okay, fa- uh, fantasy doesn't count. They're a... They're worldwide. <laughs> they literally campaigns. blew it up. Fantasy does <laughs> yeah, not count. Like uh, they flipped the bitch. And their their worldwide campaigns were terrible. No, they weren't. Fantasy ones. Storm of Chaos was great. Fantasy, nothing changed. And nothing changed. It was always a tie. Hey, to be fair, they killed the character that made up for the campaign. It's like, oh, Ar- <laughs> yeah, Archeon got pushed back again. Vault is uh, dead. Oh, no. Uh, Skaven. Blah. Yeah. We're going to have to do it again. At least they finally retconned that stuff and killed everyone. <laughs> That's fair. Archeon's back. But, okay, so you guys played in Eye of Terror, right? Of course, because it had the old way codex, and oh my god, that was broken and amazing. But it was your fun. and webway portals. All I can say. But aside from the r- so much fun, I absolutely loved the Eye of Terror campaign because it was Armageddon except fixed for all the things that were weird and broken about the website. Yeah. To better with more factions. Perfect. Exactly. So what weird is doing? It's called either Nithera or Nithera. How are we gonna fucking pronounce it? I don't know. <laughs> but it's basically uh, the whole plot is. There's this region with arcane reservoirs and resources that all of the factions are trying to claim. And so the Eye of Terror. Yeah, exactly. Okay, gotcha. And it's really cool because you all start out with um, territories that you control, and every week you can report up to one game per other opponent in your meta. So you can't just be like playing the same person over and over again. Okay. And so you both have to register. Yeah. And be in the same area, and then you have to play that. Well, it doesn't game. matter about the area per se, but it's like I'm just saying okay. you can only play against one each person once per week. Okay, gotcha. Um, and yeah, you sign up, and what you did to sign up is just go to their main page and then put your faction and your forum name, and that's it. And then it opens up a secret forum just for your faction. Uh, Ooh, and so that's actually really cool. So you're plotting with the other people in your faction as to who to fight with or against, and so there's secret alliances and I really targets. like that. And if you win in a territory, you get two points. If you are defending a territory and win, you get one point. And so you're just trying to con- control. And my favorite part about it is that the winner is going to have the Nightmare Edition models released at next Gen Con from their faction. Because well, cool. the cool thing that Weird does is every year at Gen Con they have a Nightmare Edition model yeah. or crew, which is just really cool versions of models. Oh, um, yeah. Limited edition like stuff. That's usually bigger and better. Exactly. So like the extreme maulers type stuff. Absolutely like press. that. Yeah, or the ITS models for Infinity. And yeah. whoever comes in second is going to have a special edition sculpt for the f- um, for free whenever you spend more than 100 bucks on the web store during Gen Con. So there's multiple. If you come in first or second, you're going to be getting um, not necessarily anything in game or like that, but you're going to be getting cool models exclusive to your faction. I like that. Uh, really and cool. one of the things I really like the idea from it being a tech nerd, where you get a secret forum opened up to you, where you can talk and plot with your other. Oh, it's so much members. fun! Which I'm pretty sure they had for Eye of Terror and other factions on some of the fan sites, like Warseer. Yes. or it might have even been called Portent back then. I think it was yes. Portent.net. 
Yeah, they did. They did have that, but it, it was not like an official thing. No, yeah, this is straight up official. But GW, remember, they did, actually did have forums back in the day. So yeah, but they got rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like Wizards of the Coast is right now. Actually, they're getting rid of their forums? Yeah. So? Yep, absolutely. Which is huge, because their forums are really strong for D&D. Oh, weird. Yeah. Weird. But anyways, so let's just talk for a second, because uh, obviously I'm the only one here that really plays Malifaux, but uh, what do you guys think of worldwide campaigns? Like this kind of thing. I love them. I, it, it, but that's my uh, maybe nostalgia <laughs> thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's definitely yeah. a lot of good memories, for sure. Yeah, I remember good times, and then... They just stopped. They just start started well, saying, hey, you know what, it's not worth the time and effort, and a lot of people were actually pretty upset when they initially canceled a lot of the 40k worldwide events. Because it, yeah. it gives you a, like, a narrative that you can all build into. If there's promise of like potential storyline advancements and cool shit happening in the world based on the results of your games and everything, like that is really neat. You actually get to feel like a living part of the universe that you oh, play yeah. in. Totally. Instead of it just being something that's fed to you, it's finally interactive. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think for me, one of the big things, too, is that I like playing Malifaux, and I've played a lot of Malifaux, and it was reaching a point where... Really? Getting, You're kidding me. Right? <laughs> I know. But it was reaching a point where it was getting a little bit stale, because I'm, I'm still kind of waiting for all the new plastics to come out, and I've been playing the same crew for a while, and this has kind of coincided nicely with a lot of those plastics actually coming out, and I'm playing a fuck ton of Mal like. I've played, on average, two games a week for the last month, and that's some weeks I've played three. Okay, you know what, so this this has got me thinking that we could do our own worldwide campaign, or at least Alberta campaign. Yeah, but you're going to want it to be 40k. No. Which game system is best? We have enough listeners that we could pit <laughs> game Bears, systems beats, by who plays the most. It'd be a very simple thing, because I don't have a ton of time to write something crazy, but I could do something, a nice, neat little web app as part of our website, where whoever submits more games as our listeners, we could have we could have something about that. Maybe at, uh, we, we should explore this further, because we could have a hobby night in Canada. As long as you do all the work, I'll, I'll do all okay the work. with it. You know, I hate, <laughs> to, I hate to say it, but I feel like either X-Wing or War Machine would win. That's okay. Well, I'll get. But what is? But, what, get, but what's the purpose? I'll lead the forty k charge, just so that we can get people playing and talking about games you know, locally. Maybe people try different stuff. We can figure out some sort of format. But I like the idea of these internet campaigns, and there's no reason why in this day and age why we couldn't run one too. We should. We should talk about it. Maybe do like a Vogan style campaign for those that remember words campaign, but like theme it up for like Edmonton or something for the regions. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or Alberta. You take, you, listeners you, take in over the, you take over the ice district. Okay, so here's oh, what we do. The ice district. Here's what we do, you guys. No, no, we don't do a what's better. We don't do a what's better. Okay. What we do is we run a, like, parallel universe campaign where it's the exact same campaign, but every game system can play it. I like that. That sounds a little nuts. I don't know how that's going to work. Kay. Steve will do it. It's, we, I don't care. <laughs> we came up. We, this has literally been 30 seconds of thinking about this, so we'll get back to our listeners about this. But I really like this idea, and this is something we could do. Yeah, this has been like 30 seconds and several sips of Moose Knuckle yeah, later. so why not? Let's do it. Can't be that hard, right? GW is not a yeah. big company. They didn't have they didn't I feel like this. if we can put approximately $8 million into this, we're golden. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. We're accepting <laughs> donations now. Can you imagine? So, GW's up, website upgrade costs, what, 2 million, 4 million pounds? Can you imagine if they ran a worldwide campaign, how much that would have cost? I'm a little terrified. Yeah, maybe that's why they stopped. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, so I just want to take this moment to say thank you to Weird for putting this on. Yeah, that's really cool. Though. They're putting a lot of effort into it, and it's really cool. I can't think of another manufacturer that's doing something like this, so that's sweet. To bring and it, back. here's what's really cool. Not only are they doing it from Alpha, but they're also having uh, Through the Breach, which is their role-playing game. You can report that as well to also tie into the worldwide campaign. Really? And on top of that, this is following just after after they released uh, a new rule book, which includes a campaign system, and they've got additional stuff built in if you're playing the campaign version as well. So you can play one-off games, and it's fine. You can play in this campaign system they have, and they've got extra bonuses for that yeah. to engage with people playing the campaign system, and they've got extra stuff for people playing the role-playing game as well. So they're really pushing the world of Malifaux in That's this worldwide cool. campaign. It's I know I'm a bit of a Malifaux fanboy, but Don't when a company worry. does Don't stuff worry. like this... I, I occasionally fanboy for GW, so it's fine. Yeah, but when a company's doing stuff like this, it's hard not to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Like, they're kind of doing everything right right now. Yeah, for sure. So, it's uh, it's good. And I'm finally getting my fucking Gremlin models. Oh, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is another wait, little bit wait. of a... Wait, wait, I thought you bought them already. No, there's like three crews that are coming out right away. Yeah, Mike. This is a bit of a tangent, <laughs> but I, I do honestly feel like it's a golden age of wargaming. There's so many systems that are so good right now, and there's clearly a lot of support for these third-party ones. So that's good. Well, I, I think the biggest difference, too, is that the third-party ones are doing all the support themselves, and Games Workshop is staying afloat because everyone else is supporting their games. Yeah, there's, but that's, that's you but know But that's what? fine. Yeah. That's totally fine, as long as it's getting fucking supported. Yep, exactly. <laughs> One way or another. Um, I'm okay. still playing. <laughs> so I guess that kind of ends our Malifaux segment. So why don't we move on to you guys talking? Apparently, what was there a really big release for X-wing here last one? Yeah, there Apparently. is. There is a new core set themed up for the Force Awakens, the new Star Wars movie coming out in December. Now the core set is the same ships as before, but that's about where it ends, right? Well, no, kind of the same. No, Instead of being a T sixty five X wing and a Tie fighter, it's a T seventy X wing and a Tie first order. Oh, fighter. so the split wing X wing is actually yes. the one in the kit. Oh, yes. I didn't so realize it is, that. They're brand new miniatures. Even the Tie is a totally new sculpt. There's. I a, thought they were just paint jobs. Nope. Really? Oh, that's cool. So X wing is actually a pretty significant change compared to. And yeah. would you actually want to take one of these? The new ones? Oh yeah. They oh, are. Okay. They're a couple points more expensive than a standard um, X wing, but they have a crazy maneuver dial. They have um, an additional By crazy, tech do you mean upgrade. they have different turns, or they they have some moves where they're the only ship in the game that can do them right now, like the Talon roll, where it's kind of the like the Talon roll. You do so you, all, you, you do, do a hard, hard three, and it's kind of like a hard three and a barrel roll all in one, and you end up what? facing like the other direction. It's crazy. So it's a hard three, and then you turn ninety. Yeah, and you're facing wow. back the way that you. And you can also slide it super like cool. a barrel roll. You can slide to the front. It's so like back a hard three K turn. It's like a hard well, three. You're not, you're not it's like a hard three K turn with a fucking barrel roll mixed in. Like they're crazy. Yeah. So if that's the curve, oh, I'm, I'm, show, I'm showing these guys. Great podcasting. Can you see you, that, you fly, But then you're facing this way, which is it's that a way. drift. It's a button. It's hook. an X-wing drift. It's a button hook. It's a button hook. <laughs> it's a button hook. <laughs> yeah. Can we just realize like that that is an X-wing drift <laughs> from Tokyo? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh my god, drift. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. And and yeah, they have boost built in so that they can they have an action to reposition because X wings were one of the only ships before that had neither boost nor barrel roll. Jesus! So, so they now have boost. They now have a talon roll and a boost. Is that a red maneuver, by the way? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. And that's, that's um, good. And they also still have a K turn, so they can still just go in a straight line and turn around if you um, want to. But who does that? I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, Not when you can but, do this sweet. So yeah, there's and you can say stuff. I'm going to do a talon roll, <laughs> like. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty intense. intense. No, you yeah. just like go like full Tokyo drift, bro. Yeah, pull the e-brake. 
Anyways, and so yeah, they have all that shit. They have they have an extra shield as well. They have new pilots, new abilities. The, Holy they shit, still have that a droid and a torpedo slot. Way different. I had so, no idea. And the TIE Fighters as well. They're, again, a little bit more expensive. They actually have an upgrade um, slot. They, they okay. have a new X-Wing and the TIE Fighter can both take um, tech upgrades. So right now there's only a couple of them out there. So that's an entirely new class of card for um, yeah. tech upgrades? Okay. Yeah, and uh, the TIEs as well come with a shield. Yeah. The, Wait, it's, what? It's 30 years along. After the, after the Empire... Uh, or after the emperor died, uh, yeah, the empire the, is still the, good. The empire thought of healthcare and how much it would cost <laughs> versus shields, <laughs> and so they opted to give you know what? I feel tie like, fighters shields. I feel like having just shields one. versus just getting vaporized into space, healthcare is cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> healthcare is like if you're just gone in a pile of atoms, that's way cheaper well, like, than saving you with a shield. I mean, maybe insurance, family insurance. I think oh, it's yeah, the, the okay, cost insurance. of training new yeah. pilots. That's probably the good one. <laughs> yeah, I like death. When it's no longer out of fear of an old man that'll like electrocute you to death, you have to actually pay people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you actually have to pay to put pilots through a couple years of training, that ain't free. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> and enough. Then, and then Freedom is free. And uh, the, the TIE Fighters have S-loops as well, so the banks where you turn shit, around. So they're, like, is there a reason to take the original TIEs? Or they're way cheaper. cheaper. Like okay, you said they're a couple points more. Are they about six? Oh, that's significant. Yeah, the, base, okay. the base cost okay. of the Tie Fighter, I think, is fifteen instead of twelve. Yeah, that's still points. not bad. The main thing is that a you. The too? main thing is you cannot fit um, more than six into a list. Where with Tie Fighters, you could take eight in a list. So just, just the way the number, because seven would be one hundred and five points. Oh, so the the strength of Tie Fighters is in numbers, and, and you so lose anything. Two. You're, you're getting a better ship, but it is losing um, the, the strength and numbers aspect of it. But the TIEs, they have all kinds of new TIE ace pilots as well. Um, wow. These packs, are they're going to come out as individual expansion packs later with even more new pilots, new abilities, new upgrade cards. So they will be joining the Wave 8, which is allegedly quarter four of 2015, along with the Rebel... Um, Star Wars Rebels cartoon-inspired ships. So the question I have for you then, do you think that the role for these new ties and the new X-Wings is not going to be in the same spam style that you were before, but maybe more as, you've got 20 points, what are you going to do? And you um, might take one of these instead of one of the others. The main, ships? the main ships, I think, the thing that will set them apart is if they're when they come out with a tech upgrade that like really suits the TIE Fighters, that'll make a difference. Because I think right now... The, one of the TIE Fighters, or one of the tech upgrades that uh, comes in the core set, I believe you can spend a focus to turn a blank into a hit when attacking. Oh, that's not bad. So, because <laughs> the whole thing with focus is, is like, if you roll blanks, you have no way to re-roll them, or yeah. you can spend that focus to turn just one so you blank into get a hit. One. And there's another tech upgrade that's been previewed for one of the expansion packs, is um, you can only ever have one evade token on that ship. But at the end of the round, you don't clear away unspent um, evade tokens from that model. Huh. So you can actually take an evade and then bank it for future turns if you don't use it right away and gain some action economy that way. That's cool. These new ties also have target lock, too. Yes. Oh, really? That's big. Yeah. So with their target lock, uh, I'm assuming they still don't get missiles. They just get the target lock? No. Okay. But before, before in the game, pretty much the only ships, I think with the exception of the Hawk 290... The only ships that could take target locks were ships that have missiles and torpedo upgrades. Yeah. Because they're usually the prerequisite for firing well, that weapon. What, the A-Wing, the X-Wing? Pretty much all but one or two ships in the game. The Rebel. Had target locks, really. <laughs> but, like, the TIE Interceptor did not because it didn't have any um, missiles. any ordnance at all. The TIE Fighter did not. There's only a couple ships that don't have target locks. Really? They're, okay. They definitely have a little bit sense. more upgrades, a little bit more actions. They have that shield, but you can't take them in the, quite the same amount of numbers. Okay, makes sense. 
But the main so, thing is their maneuver dials are very different. So, so I totally thought that it was just basically an update of the original set. I didn't realize there were new ships. Yep, but how about the rules themselves? Because the I know with, obviously when, whenever any other company really does a new uh, a new core set release, they usually tweak the rules quite a bit. Yeah, and in this case, most of the rules are tweaks. But the actual cool thing as well is the the initial core set didn't have didn't have rules for bombs. It didn't have rules for certain different kinds of upgrades. Cloak, that kind of uh, yeah, the cloak, um, debris clouds. Yeah. Didn't have rules for the large ships. So all these things that were added to the game via expansion are now in that main rulebook and are also in the PDF on the website. Yeah, because that's one thing that we should probably specify is you do not have to buy the corset to get the new rules. No. No, nope, like, yeah. um, there's also new new asteroid markers that are different shapes and sizes compared to the previous ones. And the F- tournament FAQ also says... The asteroids from both core sets are tournament legal. Oh, really? So you can drop any asteroid that you want? Yep. Effectively, when it's your turn to yeah, play you, For tournament play, you pick any three of the legal asteroids with put, no duplicates. Put and them then into a pool. Those are the ones that you use in all your games. So both players contribute the same three in each of their games. Gotcha. Is the debris still included in that? Uh, the rules yes. still exist for it, they just none come in that set. Yeah. So you can still choose the debris field, yeah. and, and like if you wanted your three things to be a debris two, and two asteroids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Then you bring okay, that. Cool. It's yeah, in so the pool, the, and then you go back and forth depending on initiative right. for placement. Yeah, and, okay, the, cool. and the packs that come with debris clouds are the um, the Outrider Dash Rendar ship and really? the Decimator, because those are the ships that just they came out and they included the rules for debris clouds, and they had some in the cardboard oh, in those sets. I thought that was a original core set. I didn't realize that. Okay. No. And um, and the Imperial Raider also comes with a few debris clouds, but they're a little they're a bit bigger. I'm not sure if those ones are tournament legal yet. But um, I just haven't looked into it. So they may be legal also. The <laughs> the big thing with the starter set uh, coming out and um, that's gonna really affect the, the gameplay coming up uh, in January is a new damage deck. Yes. Wait. So there's a new damage deck <laughs> that comes in the starter set and the tournament rules specify the new damage deck will be tournament standard in January 1st. Until then, everybody the uses the old one. Are well, we going to sell the new decks, though? I'm just curious. It's probably only going to be a starter set deal. Oh, goddammit, I'll have to take my starter set. It's a good thing I don't own one yet. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat. Yeah, yeah I... Uh, I'm just going to see one of I see them on the table. Actually, yeah, you bought hey. two. Hey. Fuck. I so, need extras. So yeah, I'm gonna smack you the moose knuckle and go uh, steal your set. You need more more damage decks because what <laughs> game are you everything. playing? Any so, more of everything. So officially, One's never enough. Officially, yeah, the damage <laughs> yeah. deck you have to use January first. Uh, they're also implementing that you have to use it at Worlds this year in November. So oh, really? if you're going to Worlds, you have to pick up a course. So what is the, what does the damage deck actually change? Is it is it very similar or is it like wildly different? Um, some of the upgrade cards that were not very universal. There were some like munitions failure. You had to yeah. discard a secondary weapon, but the majority of ships in the game yeah, didn't don't have carry a secondary, secondary weapon. Yeah, for sure. So, and they also so that's used to gone, be gone, or does it do an additional? Um, well, it's gone, but there's also there also used to be one where you um, lose one attack value from your primary weapon, but they've now kind of merged the two. Where while that while that critical is active, you roll one fewer attack dice regardless of what type of weapon you're attacking with. Oh, okay. So it affects primary and secondary weapons. So it just has an equally. actual effect. And this way, there's. Um, I don't believe there's any card that make you completely discard your secondary weapon. So if you're playing like Dash Rendar and you're paying a shitload of points to get that laser cannon, nothing will make you remove it. Something might just make it temporarily shittier. Hmm. So it, okay. it's kind of a little bit more egalitarian. Uh, one of the other ones egalitarian. Was, nice use of the word egalitarian. <laughs> I like that. And um, one of the other ones that was a major one was um, 
what was it, Injured Pilot, where you lost your pilot ability, and if you have an elite pilot talent, it, you lose it as well. Yeah. So it was devastating to certain pilots like Han Solo, generally, like those really expensive... Hall Runner. Hall Runner, yeah. yeah. yeah her, so her. there was... Yeah. But mostly for those big ships where you're building around that one special ability. Yeah. Um, so they replaced that with one of the new critical types is, I think it's called like Shaken Pilot, where you're not allowed to select any straight maneuvers on your maneuver dial until you get rid of that critical. Holy shit. So you have to do a turn or a, or a bank. Yeah. The, the That's going to fuck some people with restricted turn dials the, if you're trying the, to get a green off. Yeah, the new deck is that pretty is cool. sweet, actually. So, so that, there's, there's some really, I like that because really it seems like they, they just fixed the issues that were outstanding with the previous deck yeah. and, and also just made them still effective. They're and still also the, all, the, all the new rules from the expansions, like, again, the bombs and the turrets and expanded firing arcs and all that stuff, the big ships, those rules are in the core set. But as well, like... There are some new rules as well, but pretty much all the the core rule FAQs have been implemented. Just so you have one clean document again instead of like um, huge all amounts those extra of errata cards FAQs. and crap like that came with ships. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so you still have the FAQs for the upgrade cards themselves. Um, still have the FAQs yeah. in place, but the core set you have one little booklet has all the rules in one place again for the first time. Actually, I shouldn't say again. <laughs> Well, and they, again, the, they, <laughs> when the game originally came out that first week, I don't think there were any expansion rules, were there? Uh, no, they didn't have, like... Because what was it, the TIE Advanced was the only other thing? The TIE Advanced and the Y-Wing were the only ships that were in addition to that course. Yeah, that so they had no special rules. So there was, there was a crazy. time. <laughs> How many years ago that but was? Yeah, so there's, so there's all these new rules. They're all in one yeah. place. They're all in that PDF on the website for those who haven't ran out and bought the new course set yet, which is great. They seventh edited and brought all the apocalypse rules in. Yep, effectively, it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, they released the FAQ at the same time for uh, regular play, so a couple changes on some cards. They clarified a lot of uh, newer abilities, so, so like the yeah. slam attack. Um, yeah, the some of the, the upgrades K- the that K- the brand slam. new ships have. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, they have their FAQs already. Some some nice. ships that even haven't been released yet. They they are clarifying their rules initially, like dock oh. ships uh, yeah. that are going to be coming out. Oh really? It, it clarifies like exactly how docking works because docking that, ties that into. The Z, um, what is it called? Don't talk the, about space the Hound's Tooth. <laughs> it is space docking. The Hound's Tooth can launch out the little Z95 ship when it yeah. dies. So yeah. that uses the similar rules to docking, so they included them right in the core set. That's the uh, official name. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, but Michael. But you love like it, us so much. It sounds like, in all honesty, though, it was just pretty much clarification because they also changed the order of shooting attack? There was some order uh, clarification. The order like of operations cre- for yeah. executing maneuvers are cleaned up a little bit and there's one or two implications for specific abilities like yeah. um, should it, Night Beast? He, get, he gets a free focus after doing a green maneuver but the issue before was it was a focus action, not a focus token. So just because of the very specific rules before, the timing worked. If he already was stressed and does a green maneuver you haven't removed the stress token yet when he gets that free action so he can't actually use his ability. Whereas now, oh. you complete the move and remove the stress all in one main step. So it was only an issue when you were playing an asshole. Well, it was actually, it was in the FAQ. It was very the, specifically... The really? The FAQ specifically said... They FAQ'd of, their ship to not work. Because there were separate, discrete steps oh. for executing a maneuver instead of one step with sub-steps. Uh, like, it's very technical, but there's a few little things that matter all right, in, well, in, in some fringe cases. As long as they fix that. But the main, the main game-changing... Um, game-changing issue oh. from X-Wing. <laughs> large ships! Large ships. Oh, that's huge. Large ships that are half dead are now worth half points. 
But they're not used in tournaments, right? Yes, no yeah. one no one has yeah, ever no, used no. a Millennium Falcon. Oh, large, like, oh, like, no, okay, large, like not, the, not large, the big not the super yeah. heavy. Ship, but the typically, if somebody played like super a heavy two, thing. a two ship <laughs> with that, like had yes, they're Don't small, small, small large, and huge. Small, large, and huge. Oh, huge, sorry, huge. So, somebody that would run the Outrider and the Falcon, basically, it. It was one way or the other, right? They either lost both ships and it was like really one-sided, or they got damage on both, but nobody died, so they totally wiped their opponent. Yeah, like you could have you could have two ships left with one hit point each and surrender zero victory points to your opponent, even though they pretty much rocked you yeah, in all yeah. the cases. So it's it's a yeah. it's a big game-changing thing. There's as long That's as you, huge. you don't just run away, kite, and then win on points. Like if your ship is half dead and your opponent still has a couple ships left. You're probably not ahead. Like that could so, very easily be a tire. So this could really impact the ICDAs. This is, this is yeah. the exact same thing as what happened in fantasy when they got rid of half dead units. Yeah, so you had a big horde Except unit of like a hundred models yeah. where there's five left at the end of the game. And, and everybody no everybody was upset about that because that was a stupid decision. Yeah. This is clearly the right decision. That's that's good. So it's it's a real it's a real game changer for sure. Running away with a wounded ship at the end, you might not yeah. be able to win. Like that's you might cool. actually be behind at that point. So already there's a lot of talk in the the local community about how running large ships is probably you're probably not going to see that at any You certainly events. can still do it, but you have to be a lot more careful. You can't just get that ship in, do a shitload of damage, yeah, run Han away Solo with a couple tank. of hit points left. The Han Solo tank is not a it's tank still anymore. good. It's but, good. It's going to do you're damage. But your your margin of victory for your tiebreakers yeah. is not going to be nearly as good. No, exactly. Because there are so many games where you win with one or two hit points left on a single model. Yes, Tom. And I, it, seriously, Ward, we do this so we don't have to bring attention to this vocal, like <laughs> on the podcast. That we, like, yeah, this is us to trying talk. to be professional. Yeah, we're like... We don't, <laughs> you just called us out. I just, uh, I just called out Tom. Yeah, you okay, called Fair Tom. enough. Uh, but no, I think for me, this is probably my favorite change. Anytime a company makes any modification where you're going to see a shift up at competitive play as to not necessarily what's great, but they're noticing a trend of... Like, every time I went to go watch an X-Wing tournament, it was very often I saw a big ship, little ship. Yeah, it was often like... like a super KG support ship with the one big-ass expensive one. Yeah, so you'd have like Dash and Corrin Horn, you would have... Decimator Corrin, and a... Decimator with either Sunterfell or Whisper. Like, there were yeah. certain combos of one ace fighter and one gigantic tank ship that were just exceptionally hard for most conventional lists to deal with. But now, if you just hurt that big ship, like, it's actually worth something. Yeah, and for me, <laughs> the biggest thing is anytime you see um, any semblance of... It, it gets stale um, if you're getting too often the same lists are showing up. Yeah. This is going to inject a lot of new growth into the meta and the community, and, you never, and you're going to see something different. Or maybe you won't. You never know. It could very well be that those those lists think, are actually still the best. I think you'll still see a lot of those lists, just not like half the lists at a tournament being the same archetype, which is great. That's, there's nothing bad about that. Yeah, before yeah. going full-on Swarm was always pretty risky because of that two-ship build. A lot of the time was a, was a rough matchup. Like, if that ship was maneuverable enough to avoid your Swarm, you were fucked. I think yeah. a lot. I think a lot of people that are going to worlds uh, might have to change some lists as well. So. Oh yeah, it sounds like it's going to be, yeah, <laughs> big shakeup for that. But yeah, the meta is is pretty much blown up by that because a huge portion of the dominant lists fit that one big one small archetype, and it's gone. Well, not gone. It's it's on par. It's with not the as good as it used. to It's be. not a head. Yeah. You know, head and shoulders above yeah. the others. Anymore. Well, and you have to play more aggressively. I think for me, that's the biggest difference. It's no longer about kill one of your opponent's ships and run away for the rest of the game. Yeah. 
because well, there's not even no that. way just run away once you have two or three hit points left. Like that that's the thing is you just can do damage until you're close to death and then just fly away. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to bug out, you have to bug out a lot sooner now. Yeah. Or yeah. you've got to play to the point where if you're going to get taken out or taken down to that point, you're killing equivalent or more points than your ship's worth. Well, I honestly think a lot of lists can do... How many how many <laughs> hit points did the Falcon have? Was it 11? 14. 14. Yeah, 8 hull and 6 shield. Or no. Eight, is it 8 and 4? Shit, now I can't remember. I think, isn't it 12? Because the Decimator's 14 <laughs> and that was like staggering. The Decimator's 16. It has 12 and... Okay, four. either way, whatever I think it it's is. 8 and 6 on the... Or 8 and 5 on the Falcon. It has 13. It has 13. Has 13. Okay, well, either way, a lot of lists can do the sort of 5 <laughs> hits to it pretty quick. And you can't take two turns of that. Before, you could just basically fly the Falcon through immediately and just shoot everything with the 360 arc. Now, flying it in and shooting 360, you might be surrounded for two or three turns, and that's half your points. And ev- even, you can't fly in. Even Chewy, where you wouldn't take criticals, you just take normal hits. Who cares? You're losing hits. You're still losing hits, and that'll still affect yeah, you. Yeah, you might be and outputting I, more damage, but man, that is, that is massive. You know, as a guy that doesn't play a lot of X-Wing... Um, so, obvious grain of salt. I feel that you're not going to be taking the cagey support ships anymore. You're going to be going after the like the very scalpel-y, like, more of a high damage output support ships to go with your big ones. Because you need the points. You need the points. You need the victory points. Yeah, it makes sense. So, it's hopefully making X-Wing a more aggressive game than a cagey one. Yeah, because nothing I've, sucked about X-Wing more than when somebody just killed one of your ships and flew away. And you just chased them around for a while, and they were faster than you were doing something stupid. Yeah, if there was, yeah. if one list had a huge speed advantage over the other, you could get an early lead and then just run away the rest of the game. And that sucks because X-wing it is actually not that the range. Although is, to be fair, isn't that elimination f- rounds are untimed in the tournament format, so you have to play to completion. But those first five or really? six preliminary rounds, and that's only in the big enough events where there's there is an elimination bracket. Yeah, see, when you're playing casually too, and that happens where somebody just realizes they can just run away kind of thing. So the the tournament system accommodated it to a certain extent before, but the core rules, like putting a little bit of a nerf on to the large base ships, is, I think it's really healthy for the game. Yeah. It encourages the I just hope they don't go too far. I, I still like the Falcon. I still think it's a cool ship. I mean, it's the Millennium Falcon. Like, no one's... <laughs> it's it's awesome, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's still super iconic. So, like, yeah. You'll well, still see a ton of it, just not half the list I mean, that are there. To yeah. go back to, like, our our gaming on Friday night, like, there was, there was still some of the big guys um, on the board. Like, I think there was still a Decimator was, and a Falcon yeah, flying around. Yeah, they were still flying around, but you saw a lot of players that actually played with totally different lists that you never saw them with before. So, that I mean, that's encouraging, I think. so. And I think the big thing for me is that when you're approaching <laughs> those big ships, it's no longer going to be, can you kill a ship and stay alive? It's going to be trying to find a way to get the value of that ship out of it. Because before, a Decimator just had to kill one ship and not die. And it still and it got positive. its points back. Yep. Yeah. Whereas now, you've got to kill pragmatically... If you're going to be getting taken down to those half points, you've got to kill at least four ties or fifty-one percent of your points. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's to get any value back. Yeah, five in a ties. points-based game, right? Yep, easily five ties. The margin That's of victory. A lot. Margin of victory is huge in this game too for like your tiebreakers and and your overall standings. Like, oh, like not all wins are created equal. If you win by a couple of points versus winning, you know. 100 yeah. to 0 or 100 to 20 or something like yeah. it has a big swing in the rankings. That makes sense. So I think that's I think that's super cool. I'm a big fan of it. I like it. That honestly makes me more excited about X-Wing. Yeah. Um, so 
In addition oh. to the fact that there's just cool-looking new models. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> I need to borrow what? one of your X-Wings so I can see how the markings work for Armada. Sure. Okay. Oh, yeah, for the little tiny, tiny yeah. guys. There you yeah. go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, Dan has two right here, so we can look at them after the podcast. Is that it for basically talking about new X-Wing? For now, there we will. Well, obviously, yeah. there'll be yeah. more as it comes out, yeah. but yeah. we're... We're now good. Today, yes. Okay, fine. Now, so you guys have played a half Tune in games. later for more late Does breaking news. Does anyone have any gutsy or goatsy moments that they'd like to talk about from the last uh, couple Steve, weeks? Steve, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, okay, so I've got... I have one that... Uh, it was... It could have gone either way. It was okay. very... So I'll let the everybody make the because we were we should do this where we used to where yeah, everybody absolutely. votes about it and it helps if we don't Lead know the, the outcome point where it comes to the critical part. Yeah, I want to leave it right there, and then the listeners will have to decide whether it's gutsy or goatsy, and then we'll talk about what happened and how bad it was. Good or good, we'll leave it side you're two on. weeks from now. It, it's yeah, you know. Oh, we're like we're leaving a cliffhanger. We're for leaving two weeks. a cliffhanger for two weeks, and we want to see what everybody thinks about how this went <laughs> and who who got okay. absolutely. Oh, so we're going for some listener participation yeah. right now, and we're gonna look at who got who got goatsied, who bent over and <laughs> spread them wide. Um, <laughs> can you goatsy for a moose knuckle? <laughs> I don't. You know what? I don't want to Google that because I feel like it's probably <laughs> the, the internet has jaded me. So I'm going to go with a yes, unequivocal yes. You're still oh. there somewhere. Uh, it's like the bad okay. Wing. So we were playing Infinity. Yes, Mike was playing his Yuqing versus my Nomads. Okay, um, I was in the process of wiping him out. Yes, I was almost dead. But he had. Uh, so this will have. You'll have to have a bit of background of inf- inf- of Infinity to know that. Just because you are wiped out doesn't mean there isn't a few things left on the board. Um, but I decided that it would be a really good idea because he had he was basically his only last his model that was doing the most damage to me was a sniper up on a balcony that I could not dislodge because every time I would try to do something it would arrow against me, or if it was his turn he'd just spend a ton of actions on it and I'd end up having to heal guys. So I got rid of most of his force except for his uh, lieutenant, yeah. which I, well, I didn't know was your lieutenant at the time, but I was yeah. pretty pretty sure the guy with the huge sword that was worth a ton of points was your lieutenant that yeah. was hiding in the back. <laughs> Wasn't that hard to figure out. Uh, sorry, Mike. It's okay. Um, so I decided I would throw smoke from my Corregidor Jaguars and uh, obscure the sniper's vision and spend a turn healing. My tag was in a phenomenal position to clear out his lieutenant when he pops out. I had great line of sight. I had a hacker that was pretty close for anybody to get within uh, range that I could uh, counter hack. So I threw the smoke and healed everybody. Gutsy or goatsy? You guys will have to decide and post on Facebook about what you think, and we'll we'll finish this one up next episode. Okay, I like this. I like doing it this way, where we put it at the very end. Yeah. Leave it open ended. See what people think. Okay, we gotta go around the table. That's though. True. We really should leave it open ended. That is critical. <laughs> it is very important. It is critical. <laughs> well, or, or not. Okay, wait, wait, just a second. Who here around the table has heard the story yet? I have. So I'm not, not going to say. I have. Yeah. So Everybody I heard. It? Okay. We all know the outcome. So we, we can't outcome. vote. Yeah. So we're gonna leave it just there. We're gonna let let the people who like all. Four I think of I think you. I left it pretty cliffhangery. I think it's it could go either way. Cliffhangery. Cliffhangery. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's a word. Sure. <laughs> One that you just invented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. So I have one question. Yeah. Whose crew was fully painted? 
I, I don't think actually either of ours is fully had painted. Three that weren't finished. Okay, then I can't even put my vote in based on painting. Uh, okay, <laughs> and that's that's we both have our crews mostly finished. I finished the the base coats in my last few models. For the record, it's my second crew. My first crew. Yeah, shut up, Mike. We know. So Mike, I figured it was your third by now. So <laughs> yeah. it's we're, we all get it. Okay, so let's move on to what's coming up in the next little while. So. Um, at this point, it's Moot talking about the Malifaux tournament because it's happening the day this is being released. Yeah. Ward, what's coming up after that? Um, after that, we've got uh, Onslaught or Blood and Gears first. Yes. Uh, at the beginning of October. Um, yep. That one is sold out. There is a waiting list, so good yeah. luck with that if you need to. That's awesome. That's talk sold to, out. Talk to Brian Sinn. Yeah, 50 players. I think over 30 have players? already paid. 30, last I saw, I think 30-some have That's sweet. and signed up. Good and job. the rest are supposed to, and there's like a, a pretty long waiting list, yeah. Cool. At least half a dozen guys on the waiting list. Uh, after that, at the end of October is Onslaught. Woo! Um, so again, Shameless plug. Eight systems. Yay! Everyone sign up. I'm playing. I actually got the Sunday night off work, so I am playing both days. Okay, so I need to put you for Malifaux. Then. Yes, I'm okay. official Malifaux now. Okay. I'm playing both days as well. There you go. Okay. Um, and we're not playing the same games at all, right? No, we aren't at all. You're playing what? <laughs> War Machine and Malifaux? Yeah. I'm playing De- Infinity and 40k. A lot A lot of systems are actually <laughs> already 50% sold out. Um, if you're interested in X-Wing, I actually had to open up more X-Wing spots. Wow. The 16 sold out, so I opened up four more to an even 20, and I'm at 18, so there's only two more spots for X-Men. So rewind back, is that because of the new kit, you think? You know what? With we Between the movies and the new core set, there's more a interest. lot of revitalized cool. interest in the game. There's there was gonna already be ex- a lot. There's gonna so be is it new players that you haven't seen before, or is it a lot of the old players kind of getting more old, excited? Uh, a lot of the old players, a uh, group out of Red Deer is coming. Cool. Uh, so nice. I got a couple players People from traveling Deer. for X-Men, that's sweet. Yeah, so uh Or I guess you should say traveling... In Alberta, I know there's people that travel to Worlds and that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I mean, um, we've got some locals going down to Worlds as well. Paul and uh, Jean Luc are going. Really? Yep. Nice. That's a good. Uh, yeah, they got fair. those tickets. Those which sold out very quickly. They that Jake, events coming up when? For Worlds, Wor- Worlds is, is that like November. That's the beginning of November. Where is Worlds happening this year? It always happens yeah. in Minnesota at FFG headquarters. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh nobody's cool. going to so go, we'll, but so it sells look, out. So look for them on Twitch because they live stream uh, feature tables. I was going to say good luck to the two of them. That's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. I Hopefully would love to see... Kick some ass and rest Is he 10 now or 11? How I think he might be 10. Jesus. I want I'm him sure to win. He's 10. Because I, I, I want a 10-year-old to win Worlds. There was a 13-year-old yes. last year that was, like, shredding people and did really well. So it'd be pretty awesome to see a 10-year-old how that goes. Could you imagine a final table of a 10 and a 13-year-old? <laughs> I guess it'd be a 10 and a 14-year-old at this point. But. My final <laughs> game of the LVO to go 5-1 and one was against a 12-year-old. And it was... Very weird. Because you lost. <laughs> no, I, I beat him. But you don't want to beat a child. <laughs> it's, it's a very awkward thing when you're going in, you're like, especially I can't lose for my honor. Especially when you're I can't camera. win. <laughs> yeah, a lo- well, it, it'll be uh, interesting worlds. I'm going to try to, yeah. Anyways, we totally derailed you. Yeah, oh, if you yeah, haven't okay. signed up for Onslaught, just fucking do it. Most yeah. most systems, every system is at least 25% sold out. We're all going to be there. systems are 50% sold out. Mike, are you playing uh, at all? Yep. We'll play. Come meet you your favorite hobby night in Canada. What do you play, Mike? Uh, pause. I don't know what the. I have to look at the schedule. Uh, Stokian Wars and maybe Infinity. I don't know if they're at the same time though. They are. Yeah. Infinity. Go, you're playing Infinity. <laughs> so you're playing Mal. Wait, which is Malifaux on the same day as Ma- this? No, Malifaux's on Sunday. So you play Malifaux as well? 
I could. Infinity you and Malifaux? I'm, I'm, I'm just, you can be the uh, go-between between me and Tom. Right now he's down for dystopian. I don't want to be... Boo, dystopian. Well, he's got the shoes. Boo. And Daniel will be there for X-Wing. <laughs> X-Wing, yeah. yeah attack animals? Wing. You're playing Attack Wing too, right? Wait. No Attack Wing. Oh, I know. Surprising. <laughs> Weird. You should... Plus, you get what day is... Armada. People want Armada, so... But I'm what I'm trying to do, I think, for next year is I'm going to try to just take a poll and see what systems most people are interested in, and then I'll make a determination of what systems I'm going to run for 2016. Because there's too many. You can't run them all. I can't run them all. So, But yeah, so sign up. Sign up. There's still uh, spots in every system, but uh, X-Wing is very scarce. Um, after that, is the on the 14th of November, is the Death by Dice uh, ITC 40K event. In uh, Spruce Grove. In Spruce Grove. So they've got... 1850 for points. Um, you can sign up on their uh, Facebook page and all that good stuff. Uh, and then after that is the charity event tournament that we were talking about earlier on yeah. November 21st. In Calgary. Uh, in Calgary. It's for a uh, school down there that doesn't have a playground. And so they're trying to fundraise and get some money, and uh, Wargaming is the way that they opted to go, which is awesome. There's another fellow podcaster that has his, uh, and one of our listeners that have their children that go to that school. They and will not die. They want to play. Well, two fellow podcasters. Two fellow both, podcasters. They both podcast. One of them just started a podcast. That's right. We have. Yeah. Uh, and it's also, because is it. Uh, Jaded Gamer and It Will Not Die. Yeah, is it Nathan? It's Nathan, yeah. Yeah, yeah obviously, because kids are in Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be really weird if they oh commuted to Calgary. That would make sense. The commute would be a bitch. But, right. Um, so they're, they're running... You can play games, so, so kids running, can play games. They're running 40K Fantasy War Machine. and War Machine. Fantasy is the Age of Sigmar, um, and they got approved for uh, their 40K event to be ITC as well. Oh, sweet. And so I'm going to be... Too. I think I'm going to be trying to go down for War Machine. I'm pretty sure Steve's yeah. going to try and play 40K. Me and Tom will probably have a sweet mandate. Head down. I, play some 40K. I cannot and make it, unfortunately. Boo. I, Call in sick. Uh, so Call in sick. I hope they don't listen to, to this podcast. You know what? I, I, actually, I have the day off, but it's my anniversary. And I... Which anniversary? Which anniversary? Fourth year? Yes. Doesn't matter. That's not a real anniversary. No, it's the fourth. I'm pretty okay, sure the fourth so anniversary is resin. So. Fourth? <laughs> yeah. Not married. <laughs> I'm not divorced. Uh, Alex. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm working he, on He's it. never going to be divorced. <laughs> she's going to murder him before he yeah, ever gets to that go. point. Fantastic. So yeah, she's I, Catholic. I, That's the only way out. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to talk to uh, Justin here, hopefully, and uh, and hopefully be able to donate some money in any case, even though I can't make it. Oh, you cool. can't make uh, it. For, you can no, make it. No, it's, I it's, cannot. No, here's the thing. You know thing, what we're going to do? We're the gonna fourth do year anniversary is when she needs to give you a gift, and the gift is going to go play with Toy Soldiers. Yeah, that one is You know what? Remember, remember the whole dog I'm gonna, argument? <laughs> I'm going to see Kyra this weekend, and we'll fix this. <laughs> and if we have to, we'll pull an old school. We show up in a you black van. Alex is going to go we're gonna grab him in a bag and then the do a sweet burnout and drive. The murder of Steve. Uh, it, yeah, it's, that's fine. I have a feeling it's not gonna work. That's okay, we'll, make, try. Make we'll try. We'll try. Works. Well, we're running close to capping on time, so let's cut her off there because we're totally not even talking about nerd stuff anymore. But go we, to the the charity event. It's for a good cause. Yeah, it's absolutely. Awesome. We're driving down um, from Edmonton to go to this. We're gonna get some kids more, need to play with stuff. We're gonna get some more information and uh, <laughs> give it to you uh, shortly. But uh, check out the It Will Not Die podcast, and uh, they'll have some information yeah. as well. Absolutely. Until then, though, this has been another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. Mike. That was really weird. Mike. Mike. <laughs> I'm Steve. <laughs> All right, paint your fucking models and go to charity events.